Bibles with me to Deuteronomy chapter number 8. Glad to see everybody out tonight. Trust that you had fruitful TLC sessions, able to talk and discuss some, some matters concerning the Word of God and then continue to get acquainted with each other. <clears throat> I think it's always good to know who you're going to be in the trenches with. Hallelujah. I think it's always good to know who you're going to be, who's going to be fighting next to you. Amen. Yep, Deuteronomy 8, verses 17 and verses 18. You know, if you're really looking at it, you know it's wrong for me to jump in at verse 17. It's really wrong. Okay, I'm just going to take you there. But you see it's wrong because almost at every verse after verse 11, there's a semicolon. Because it just keeps carrying on and carrying on and carrying on. Continuing a thought and bringing things out. <clears throat> so it's really wrong for me to do. But I'm going to go ahead and see if I, I can attempt to do this. Verses 17 and 18 tonight. Tonight we're going to be starting our economic summit. Amen. Our economic summit. <clears throat> but our forum will make sure that we don't forget what we have already laid down thus far. If you have it, say, I have it. If you're still looking, say, I need more time. All right, let's pray. Father, we thank you now for this opportunity to gather around your word. Thank you for your precious people who are here tonight of whom Jesus died. Thank you for giving us a non-traditional setting and approach to our Bible study so that we can really delve into what we need, oh God. But we thank you, oh God, that it fits the purpose and it serves the purpose for which we've come. And so we bless you now, oh God, for leading us by the Holy Spirit. Now we declare that none of the incorruptible seed of your word will fall by the wayside and none will fall into stony or thorny ground, but it will fall into good ground and produce a tremendous harvest. We give you praise, O oh God, for all that will be accomplished in these next few moments. We believe, O oh God, that as we set ourselves in agreement with you and with your word, that we're going to see miracles in this place, that we're going to, O oh God, we're going to see uh, bodies healed tonight. In Jesus' name, we thank you for soul healing tonight in the name of Jesus. We thank you for strategy and wisdom coming to us, oh God. We thank you for every aha moment that we'll have as we spend time with you. This is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Would you stand with me for the reading of God's word? Deuteronomy chapter 8, verses 17 and 18. I will be reading from the King James <clears throat> Version of the Bible. And it reads, starting at verse 17, And thou say in thine heart, My power and the might of mine hand hath gotten me this wealth. Then verse 18. Let's read 18 together, everybody. But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant, which he swear unto thy fathers, as it is this day. Raise your Bibles with me tonight. Let's make our declaration. We'll take off running in the next few moments. Repeat after me. This book of the law, of the law shall, not depart shall not depart out of my mouth, out of my mouth. but I will, I will meditate, meditate therein day and, day and night. I will observe, I will observe to do according, to, do according to all. That is written therein. 
For then my way shall be prosperous, and then I will have good success. Tell somebody I'm getting ready to be blessed. Amen. You may take your seats. We're moving now into our economic summit. And uh, I want to just lay this real quickly, that as we're dealing with this whole entire Kingdom Summit series, we're really looking at it from God's perspective. We're looking at the things that we're looking at, that we're dealing with, uh, as it relates to single, uh, singleness, as it relates to prayer, as it relates to evangelism, as it relates to economics. We're really looking at it. The kingdom way, which is God's perspective. We're really looking at it from God's perspective. How he does what he does. How he governs and how he rules his kingdom. We're looking at it from that perspective. We understand that as we look at it from the kingdom perspective that we will have a challenge that will will, will come against the perspective of the kingdom. And of course it's based in sin, which is Of course, that which the enemy thrives and lives on based upon disobedience. And of course, sin gets its life, life's expression through our flesh, through our lower nature. And so we have made sure that we have dead, we've we've deaded the flesh, that we have mortified, if you will, as the scripture would say, the deeds of our flesh. Amen. That we have, we understand that the flesh is an enemy. The flesh is, is, is is not, is adversarial, excuse me, the flesh is adversarial towards anything that is spiritual. The flesh is just always countering, always want to rise up, amen, against anything that is spiritual. So now we have knowledge of that. The Bible tells us that we are not ignorant of Satan's devices. And uh, it tells us we're not ignorant of his devices lest he get the advantage of us. So ignorance allows Satan now to get the advantage of us. If when we don't know what he's doing, when we don't, when we don't know what he's about and how he comes and all that kind of stuff, he can get the advantage over us. Amen? So we've, we've uh, attempted, uh, we believe by the Holy Ghost to share with you uh, information and strategies and expose the flesh so that we can make sure that the flesh is dead. Amen? Flesh doesn't produce anything good. It produces corrosive. It starts to corrode, corrode things and eat things away. It erodes things. Amen. And so the flesh has no, no good thing. Paul says no good thing in the flesh. All right. <clears throat> so we have that. We've settled that issue. And we know that we've, we, we know who the culprit is. Amen. Uh, so we know that once we endeavor in any kingdom endeavor, that we have to make sure that we're mindful of the flesh. That the flesh will not have its way. Y'all with me? Okay, so now we're looking now in in terms of uh, economics. We're looking at the uh, economic summit. Now, when we talk in terms of uh, economics, what we're really dealing with is the science that deals with production, distribution, and consumption of wealth. When we're talking about Economics. We're really talking about the science, the study of the science, the know-how, uh, the, the inner workings of the science that deals with production, distribution, and consumption of wealth. Amen. Amen. So, 
as, as, as we understand it as such, then it really deals with how we manage income, how we manage not just income, but how we handle expenditures. Income versus spending. Amen. It's really, it's really understanding how we manage the wealth that God has given us the power to create. Amen? Because that is, it becomes so important and so critical because as we get further, excuse me, further into our lesson, we will see that the purpose of the wealth is so that what God has declared and established comes to pass. All right, let's look at verse 18 again. Deuteronomy 8, verse 18. It says, But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee, what? Power to get wealth, that he, God, may establish his covenant, which he sware unto thy fathers as it is this day. God has established his covenant. God has set forth a covenant. With mankind through Abraham. And as he's established his covenant to mankind through Abraham, he put his word out there what he will do. So now what needs to happen is for us to understand that since there is a covenant in place. In fact, let's go ahead to Genesis chapter 12. Since there is a covenant in place that God says, I'm going to bless you so that you can be a blessing then that means that we have to clearly understand the purpose of wealth, the purpose of finances, the purpose of having resources. Amen? We can't just squander it away because God's covenant lies in the balance. Amen? And God is not a man. Come on, Numbers. Moses talks to us in Numbers. God is not a man that he should lie. And neither the son of man that he should repent. Hath he said it and shall he not do it? Or hath he spoken it and shall he not make it good? God will keep his word. Amen. So if God's going to keep his word, then that means that you and I must become good stewards over the wealth that he gives us power to create. If we're not good stewards, then we're disqualified in working in the plan of God. Come on. And to be a disqualified believer is not a good thing. I know I said something right there. Amen. Hallelujah. Where I tell you to go? 12? Look at verse 1. Now the Lord, in Genesis 12, verse 1 says, Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation. And I will bless thee and make thy name great. Y'all see that? Who's he talking to right here? Abram. Okay. He says, I will make of thee a great nation and I will bless thee and make thy name great. And thou shalt be, help me finish it, a blessing. Verse 3. And I will bless them that bless thee. We'll talk about the them. I will bless them that bless thee, 
and curse him that curseth thee. Watch this. And in thee, Abram, shall some, all families of the earth, be blessed. Y'all see that? God's speaking to whom right here? Okay. He's speaking to Abram. Watch this. Go to Galatians chapter 3. Galatians chapter number 3. Look there at verse number... Hmm. Yes. Mm Mm-hmm. Look at... (laughs) Look at verse number 29. Galatians 3 and verse 29. Are you there? Look at what it says. And if ye be Christ, then are you what? Abraham's seed, come on, and heirs according to the... Connects us right back uh, back to Genesis, chapter 12. So then, yes, in 12, God's talking to Abram, but more truthfully, God's talking to us who are in Christ. Mm. Mm. So now, if God's going to make Abram's name great, guess who else's name he's going to make great? Okay? I'm going to take it further. There's a translation of the word great, and I hope y'all can handle this and not let it go to your head. But keep it right in context. He said, I'm going to make your name famous. Translation on the word great is the word famous. Okay? Take Take your eyes off of Hollywood. Because when we think in terms of fame, we think of Hollywood. Okay? Walk of fame. Okay? No, I'm not talking about Hollywood now. I'm talking about whereby someone's name becomes so influential. That when they call your name, your name is associated with something that is prosperous. Something that is excelling, something that's moving forward, rather than something that is bad. So when God makes our name famous, that means that, that when, when they hear our names, it will be associated to, to some production of wealth. To some level Of economic power. Influence. When we say Warren Buffett. Yeah. Sounds like the man's name is famous. Right? Let's call your name. Let's see what happens. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. All right, just, you know, just for balance, just want to put it out there so you know what I mean. Okay? Okay? So now, this is important that we understand that God has made a covenant. Go back to Deuteronomy 8. So now, God didn't just make a covenant with Israel. Made a covenant with his people. Those who are born again. Come on. Israel, yeah, but us too. Those who were Gentiles, now we're in Christ. 
But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant which he swear unto thy fathers as it is this day. Now, let's go a little further here. That as I'm talking now concerning wealth, it's very clear I'm talking about wealth. Okay? We're talking about, uh, you know, our economic summit. I'm really talking about wealth now. The ability of the people of God to be stewards of the, of the wealth that God has empowered us to get. Now, God did not say, I'm going to give you wealth. He says, I'm going to give you power to get it. Okay? He didn't say, I'm going to give you wealth. I'm going to give you the power, he says, to get the wealth. Now, watch this. If he's going to give us the power, oh, God, help me through here. If he's going to give us the power to get wealth, that means wealth already exists. Wealth already exists. It is already existing. It is here. It is, is, it is already out there. To be claimed. Many of us, I'm going to talk about the church now. Many of us look out the window at others who have it. And some of us are so insecure and still dealing with self-esteem issues and challenges, that we get mad at those who have it. Amen. 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 Go ahead, check your purse right now. Check your, check your account right now, your savings account, your checking account. Check out your accounts right now, all right? You, you and I, we cannot be upset at those who have found it. Can I tell you a secret? God put it out there for you. Why? I'll get to the scripture whenever I get to it. Why would God transfer and talk about, talk about a transfer of the wealth of the unjust into the hands of the just? Why would he talk about that if it wasn't for the just? If there's going to be a transfer of the wealth of the wicked or the sinner into the hands of the just, that means it's really not intended for the unjust. Because in my thinking, right, in my thinking, if I would be like Dr. Price right now, Fred Price, in my thinking, it would be unjust to take money from those who have. If it wasn't for the believer. They work hard. The unjust work hard. Some of them. Matter of fact, some of them, all of them probably work hard, whether it's legal or illegal. But now, God speaks in terms of a transfer coming out of their hands. Into the hands of the believer. Because the wealth needs to be in the hands of those who know what to do with it. 
So that assumes this truth, and that is that God says that the believers know what to do with it. Now, God is not from a human mind into a supernatural mind. God thinks the way things are. So then, if he's thinking the way things are, then that means, oh my God, that God sees us handling wealth properly. God don't see us from a perspective of getting to that place to handle things properly. In other words, God's not fixing something. God established something. Some of y'all will catch that later. God established the criteria of it already. And everything that's below it must come up to the standard. Somebody shout summit. So God has established the fact that my people manage my money right. Manage my wealth right. Manage my cattle that's on a thousand hills right. Manages the land that the cattle rests on and wrestles on. They do it right. So that means when you and I receive a hundred dollars in our hands, God should have no problem with us. With a hundred dollars. Why? Because he knows in his plan that we know what to do with a hundred dollars. So then why is God having so much problem with his people in that area? Is it God or is it us? Okay. Okay. I had a radical moment sitting in my office, I think either yesterday or today, I had a radical moment. And in that moment, the first century church leaped inside of me. And in that radical moment, I saw myself challenging the church of God, saying to the church of God, Everything you have, sell it and bring it to the altar. Bring the price of it to the Everything you have, sell it and bring the price of it to the altar. Mm. It was a radical moment I had. I'm just letting you all into, you know, my whole little radical moment process. And then I look beyond that moment. At the response of our church today. Wondering if the church today would respond like the church of the beginning. Hands down. Wasn't nothing to argue about. We couldn't rise to that occasion. Because we're still learning... The idea of the purpose of money. We've been conditioned so much from a struggle perspective. That we can't see our way. 
beyond the struggle. We get happy when we can pay the bill. I'm telling you, we, 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 we break down when we can't pay the bill. And then when we have enough to pay the bill, we get happy over that. And while we're getting happy over just making the bill payment, which God's still waiting on us to do what we're supposed to do with the wealth. God's not celebrating us paying, paying our bills. You got to understand me now. Pay your bills, folks. Right? I'm not saying don't pay your bills. I'm not saying that it's not the right thing to do. I'm just saying we got so caught up in struggle that we celebrate just paying the bill. When we ought to celebrate when a soul gets saved because the wealth we have has, has made it happen. Bill payment should be academic. My daddy makes sure everything is taken care of. Right? Are y'all following me? Okay. So now, based upon, let me hurry, based upon the promise of God that he established in his covenant, He gives us power. He gives us the ability. Ability to get wealth. Ability. Everybody say ability. Okay, he's given us power. He's given us ability to get wealth. Every believer has in them the ability to acquire or to get wealth. And when I say wealth, I'm not just saying money. I'm talking about that which is more than enough. I'm going to say the word that a lot of people don't like to hear, but I'm going to say it right now. Prosperity. Amen. Amen. Church has gotten squeamish around that word because they can't take the world talking about them concerning prosperity. Because they're associated now with the preacher taking all the people's money and driving in the wonderful car. That's the lowest that the world can do. And we get caught in that snare. Y'all with me? All right. Since you're with me, go to Psalm 35. Oh, this is good, y'all. Psalms 35. Go to verse number 27. Psalms 35 and 27. Listen to what it says. Let them shout for joy and be glad that favor my righteous cause. Can we pause right there? Let them shout for joy and be glad that favor my righteous cause. Sounds to me like shouting takes place, (laughs) that there is exuberance and that there is gladness and that there is joy to those who embrace the causes of God, the purposes of God. 
And then look what it says now. It says, Yea, let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified, which hath, come on, pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. It seems to me here that God takes pleasure when we manifest prosperity or when we're managing economics, kingdom style, when we're doing it the way God wants it done, when we're good stewards and good managers. Hallelujah. God takes pleasure. Takes pleasure at the prosperity of his servants, the prosperity of his people. Now you got to understand now, he didn't say sons here because this is different here. Because when he talks about his righteous cause and then uses this, the term servant in there, he helps us to understand a, a, a certain concept that he's bringing to us here. That And that we'll, we'll develop that. And that is that we are servants of God in the sense that we do what God wants us to do or calls us to do. We are sons because we're mature in him. But we serve, we do, we help, we empower others. And when prosperity, his, his, some of the concept, when prosperity that God is rejoicing over, taking pleasure over, that, that happens for me, his servant, then also a piece of that is to understand that, yeah, we are servants of God, but we're not servants of money. Amen. The right understanding is that we serve God and money or wealth serves us. Amen. So tell somebody, say, neighbor, neighbor. Money, money or wealth, or wealth. is a servant, is a servant. To, you. to you. Money is a servant. It is not to be served. Y'all hear that? It's a servant. It's supposed to do what you tell it to do. It should not be talking to you. It should not be commanding you, ordering you, telling what, telling you what you can't have and what you can't do. Come on, wealth is not a yes, no. Your wealth is not someone who, who, who is, who is, uh, 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 that you are servant of who tells you what you can do and what you cannot do. Money is supposed to be sitting there waiting for me to tell it what to do. It don't know what to do until I tell it what to do. Come on, y'all. Money, you're not not gonna get up and do anything until you get it and tell it what to do. I'm sending you in the grocery store. I'm sending you in there to buy a bag of groceries for that family next door. I'm sending you over here. Sending you to, to the petroleum place to fill up the ministry trucks. We got business to do. Did I go over y'all head? 
Get over there to BP right now and fill up that tank. I said it. Fill it up now. Fill it up. We got to go cross country. Hallelujah. Come on, y'all. Money don't know what to do until you tell it what to do. Come on now. Watch this. Luke 6, 38. I'm just going to jump in there. Give and it shall be given to you. Good measure. Pressed down. Shaken together. And running over. Shall men give into your bosom. So now, if I give at this level. And at this measure. Okay. Now watch this now. When I give and giving is when I tell the money what to do to represent me. I give it. Mm -hmm. I have a righteous cause. I give it. Now, the kingdom system says that once I give it. I'm done because now what happens is it goes through a process of being pressed down, shaken together, and it can't go through its process until I tell it what to do. I got to give it. The machine is sitting there waiting to work, to press it down, trying to give an image, to press it down, to shake it together and to cause it to multiply. To increase and run over wealth. To run over. See, it is at the running over that others look for you with it. Okay. Parents. Or or even us who, who, who are children, no matter how old we are. If you can just go back just a few years. Remember... When we used to ask daddy and mama if we can go somewhere or grandmama and auntie if we can go somewhere and uh, they had to check things out. Then they said go, right? How many of you ever left home and could not find your way back home? Okay. How many of you left home and knew how to get back home? Let me see your hands. This is okay. You knew how to get home, right? Amen. Some of us knew how to get home real good because we had to be home by street lights. When they on, you ought to be home. That's tough during the fall and winter, boy. You got to be home like five thirty, six o'clock. Man, you just you just left the house at four. Amen. But here's my point now. You remembered how to get back home. When you give. When you give. And you put it in. Oh yeah, You put it in the kingdom process. And the kingdom starts pressing it down. Shaking it together. Causing this combustion to take place where it starts running over. Right? And the running over now is in the, is in the hands of someone. 
And it can't stay in the hands of that someone because that money knows where it belongs. It knows where it's supposed to go. It knows how to get back to you. But when it comes back to you, it's not coming back to you the same way you sent it out. It's coming back with more. So those who have the wealth can't hold on to it because it is targeted to get back to you. And that reciprocal process continues because the one who has to send all of that back to you now starts it again. Because once they give, it goes back in that system. Press down. Shaken together and running over. Now those who gave that now has someone else looking for them. Because what they gave know how to get back to them. Deke used to say, remember where it lives. Y'all with me? Now, let me come to a close for tonight with this. Let me just read this again so I can move. Let them shout for joy, verse 27, Psalm 35. Let them shout for joy and be glad that favor my righteous cause. Thank you, Jesus. Yea, let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified, which hath pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. Now, let me close with talking a little bit about purpose tonight. <clears throat> and y'all just kind of bear with me. Y'all heard this a hundred times, but act like you ain't never heard this before. Matthew 16, where Jesus comes to the coast of the Caesarea Philippi. It is there that he begins to question the disciples. Who do men say that I am? Some say thou art Elias, Jeremiah, John the Baptist, one of the prophets. Okay, thank you for letting me know what others are thinking about me. But who do you say that I, son of man, am? And Peter says thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus said flesh and blood, humanity. That you didn't get that from any human anything. You could not, you didn't get that from any human deduction. He said flesh and blood did not reveal that to you. Flesh and blood didn't what? Didn't reveal it to you, but my father in heaven. So now as we're dealing with this whole economic issue in front of us, economic summit as it were, then you and I rather quickly have to discover by revelation what wealth is all about. I got to get a revelation on wealth. Got to get a revelation on prosperity. 
Got to get a revelation. I need my mind to be enlightened. I, I cannot look at this from a flesh and blood perspective, Rosie. Can't do it. I can't let my humanity bring me understanding of it. Because if my humanity brings me understanding on it, then I'm going to gauge it by others. I'm going to gauge it by the experience of others, what others have. I need the father to say something to me, evangelist. I need, I need, I need daddy to open up something. And the reason why that's important is because by revelation, your purpose is different than her purpose. So now, because your purpose is different, I need revelation, because I can't get the same money. You can't get the same money and do the same things with it. I need a revelation on economics. I need a revelation concerning wealth so I know what to do with it. See, I I need to know. Corporately, we need to know for the corporate purpose. But for my personal purpose, I need a revelation. So I know, come on, in the privacy of my own room, home, thoughts, I need to know what I need to do with it so I come out of this room, my God, going to wherever it is I got to go, I know what's supposed to be done with it. I have to be careful that I don't drive by some store that is not in keeping with the purpose of what I have that will end up with it in there. I walk out looking good, but the plan and purpose of God suffers. Because I had no revelation. God help me about this. I need my mind enlightened about this money issue, about this wealth issue. My God, I have to overcome this mentality of struggle, man. I got to overcome this mentality of bondage. I have to overcome this mentality. I got to get the shackles and chains off my mind because if I don't get a revelation on money, man, I will miss who Jesus is. I will think he is only Joe and Mary's boy. Y'all with me? got to get a revelation on this thing man because because this if i get a revelation on this thing i am out of where i i'm out of egypt man i'm out of babylon i'm out just like that oh i'm serious because watch this now rose if you get a revelation on finances okay and i and i don't I have $10, you have $10, but you got a revelation on, on finances and the purpose of it, and we both in debt. The revelation you have causes you to release it in the right place. Which when you wake up the next morning, 
you will find that your debt issue is no longer an issue. Because God supernaturally, oh my God, supernaturally causes that thing to multiply in your favor. You and I can never do for God and God not do for us. Hallelujah. God says for me, you're doing this for me. You got my mind. You have my heart for me. I'm going to bless you. I swear. (laughs) I'm going to bless you. I'm going to raise you up. You may have been in that situation for 13 years, but you can count it over now in the name of Jesus because God don't need a process to bring you out. God will bring you out just like that. You can make up your mind right now and your doorbell will ring in the next second. Let me tell you how good it is. Let me tell you, I'm going to give you a simple practical thing. It just happened a couple, maybe about an hour ago. I was in the hall doing something after my meeting. I went in the hall kind of looking at things and walking around. And I came out of the front office and I was heading back to my office, but I changed my mind. And I went back and I went down the, down the side corridor there and I went down to the workers room. And when I knocked on the door and opened the door, my son and sister, sister blocker, they just started smiling and laughing because my name just came out of their mouth. Now that's practical, but what I'm trying to tell you, if that's practical, and I do right, tell you, you and I, I'm going to say because I got to throw it out there, man, because somebody's going to grab it. You and I don't have to be under a 30-year mortgage for 30 years. Can you believe, God, that it gets paid off, come on, in 365 days? Can you believe God for that? No, no, I'm, I'm very serious. Can you really believe God for that? See, the king, kingdom economics is different. Man, God will have folks walking up and don't know why they're doing this for you. God, God they don't know why they're writing it off. No, I'm serious, man. They don't know why they're doing it. They just feel compelled to do it. crazy enough to believe that a word that came that I'm, by the end of the year I'm going to be totally out. I'm going to be millions coming by the end of the year. I believe that it's October. You think I'm worried about it? Amen. That's not my problem. I live on. I live and walk in integrity. I live and walk in integrity and my character is intact. I keep walking and I keep walking and I keep doing the will of God and whenever God wants to do it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I was told this building going to be paid off. Uh-huh. What do you think I'm going to... How is it going to be paid off? 
This is what we got coming in per week. This is our monthly. This is what it look like monthly when, I, when, when people bring it in. Monthly. Whew, I don't know how. I ain't got time for that. I, I really don't. That's too much, man. That's too much. That's, that stuff will make you stop. That stuff worry you, make your head hurt, man. Cause your shoulders and stuff to be hurting. You get knots all up in your shoulder. Chest start hurting. You think you're having a heart attack. Right? I've heard people say, I'm having a heart attack. Ooh. Ooh. And your heart's over here. Ooh. Ooh. I think I'm having a heart attack. You ain't having a heart attack. Come on, ain't no, come on y'all. You can go to bed one night and wake up the next morning and everything is taken care of. See, but you gotta believe that. See, Jesus couldn't do anything further as it relates to what he had intended to do with these fellas until revelation hit them. He stopped. When they stopped the Christ, he said, oh. He said, that's a turning point. Tell you that, that's a turning point. Oh, I felt that right up all up in here. That's a turning point. When revelation hits your spirit, that's a turning point in your life. It's a turning point. It's a turning point. Things shift. Things change. Right? The tide changes. Hallelujah. Things shift right. That's a turning point right there. He said, you didn't get this from God. You get, get this from man. You got this from God, my father. Thou art Peter, and upon this rock, I'm going to build my church. And the gates of hell. You see how he put hell out of business? Hell is put out of business when revelation shows up on the scene. And the gates of hell, the strategies of darkness, come on, shall not prevail against it. Revelation puts hell, oh my God, out of business. Talk to me, Lord, right now. Talk to me some more. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, ask three people, what you looking at? Hallelujah. Looking at all this natural stuff that's changing and turning. You know what I mean? But there's another thing to look at, man. You can't be looking at all of this stuff that's rottening out all this stuff that don't have no eternal value, man. You got to throw that stuff down, man, and reach to the spirit arena, man. That's where the stuff is really going on. If you really want to know where it's happening, if you really want to know where the movers and shakers live, they live in the spirit arena, man. They live where revelation flows. I'm excited. Okay. Hallelujah. The revelation on this thing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Once I have a revelation on, 
on finances and prosperity. It's too late for naysayers. It's too late. It's too late. I'm convinced. I'm already convinced. When Revelation hits, I'm convinced. I'm convinced right there. I'm convinced. Thank you, Jesus. Because now I know what it's for and what it's about. Now, the thing that will make that revelation powerful is then what Jesus said to Peter. Thou art Petros, Peter. Because you're looking at the rock versus a chip. (laughs) Off the old block. I couldn't help myself. Thou art Peter. Petros, not Petra. Petra is who Jesus is. He is the rock. Petros is a piece of the rock. Thou art Peter. And upon this rock revelation... I will build, edify, edifice, build my church. Gates of hell can't prevail. The second piece to having revelation on prosperity and finances and wealth is to have revelation on yourself, who you are. It's, it's discovering, it's self-discovery, it's knowing who you are. I know what we call you, but <clears throat> you have another name. You have another name. And the name that you and I really have in the spirit realm is the name that fits who we are in the earth realm. So when revelation, (laughs) when revelation on economics or wealth happens and revelation of who I am happens, we meet. Wealth is not self-serving. Therefore, you and I are not self-serving. I don't live to satisfy me. I'm made to be a blessing. I'm made to be a blessing. That means that this, everything I got on, just practical again, I should be able to take off and give it. Y'all didn't catch it. See, you got to know what it costs as it relates to what I have on. And so I'll say it again. What I have on, once I understand that I was created to be a blessing, I should be able to take off this and give it where it's needed. It don't matter the label that's on the inside. I know y'all can't handle that. Y'all can't handle it. You can't handle it. But it don't matter the name brand. Amen. It, it, It really don't. It don't matter the name. I should be able to just give it because there's a need. 
And if I give, come on, if I give bountifully, I'm going to reap bountifully. Santo Yahweh, aleluya. Este es el violeta, se oye bien. We've tapped into their frequency next door in their service. So close your Bibles and stand to your feet. We're done. We've tapped into their frequency in their system next door. Startling at first, wasn't it? You should, you should have seen what I saw looking at you all. Hallelujah. So we will pick it up. We'll pick it up. I, I, I don't have time to do the, um, the, the forum. That's worship.